0: Hello Rebels, you're listening to a free audio-only recording of the Ezra Levent Show. Tonight, I tell you all about Patrick Brown and his lies. If you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching Ezra's Daily Show as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support The Rebel without spending a dime. And now enjoy this free audio-only version of the show. Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown, aka Liar Liar Hockey Pants on Fire. It's August 11th, 2020. I'm David Menzies and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government is because it's my bloody right to do so. is patrick brown and why does he lie so much and why do so many people hate him oops i think i might have answered question three merely by posing question number two you know that habitual lying thingy i mean this guy likes the truth in the same way superman likes kryptonite oh not that i'm comparing brampton mayor patrick brown to clark kant here Uh, More like Robin, the boy blunder. Yet, if lying were a superpower, Patrick Brown would indeed be the man of steel. As you may know, we visited Brampton last week to catch Brown breaking numerous city bylaws. He lied in the video about what he was doing, and then he lied in the aftermath about what he was doing. His answers were changing, like the weather in the North Atlantic during a Category 5 hurricane. For those who missed our original video about our visit to Brampton, here's a short snippet. Holy mackerel, I think I see Patrick Brown himself. Oh, hey, how you doing? Mr. Brown, right? Yeah. David Menzies with Rebel News.
1: You're in a a city facility?
0: What's that? You're in a
1: city facility?
0: Yeah, so are you. Yeah. So are you playing
1: hockey here? No, I'm just coming to check in our facility. So I'm going to check you. You're not supposed to be here, actually. We were told that uh, you
0: play pickup here. Mr. Brown, how come uh, the kids in Brampton can only practice sports, but your buddies can play hockey? Yeah. So, um, I don't know
1: why um, you are harassing people in the city of Brampton, but you shouldn't be.
0: Oh, who's harassing whom? Your, you, your, your guys handed out 122 bylaw violations in one week. Mr. Brown, why is there a hockey game going on in this arena? I thought you're only allowed to uh, practice sports, not play them. And who is paying the thousand dollars a day, Mr. Brown, for this rink? Mr. Brown, are these taxpayer dollars being used for your buddies to play hockey on this rink? Or are you paying it? Or perhaps we'll lead Solomon so mr. Brown uh, it's a big why is there one law for me and one law for thee in this city mr. Brown Wow now I debunked Patrick's biggest lies in a commentary that aired yesterday but this needs updating you see because even in the past 24 hours Brown has further lied to other media sources it is staggering so let me recap some of the original whoppers the first lie as you saw with our brief conversation brown said he was there to check out the rec center not to play hockey and that was a quick inspection no he was there for what four minutes tops and hey if he was there to inspect the joint why did he have a lackey bring his hockey bag and sticks You saw it, the orange Wayne Gretzky hockey bag with the affixed label noting it belonged to number 00, Patrick Brown. Oh, and by the way, did you notice that Brown and his associates were maskless, contrary to a Brampton bylaw that has been in existence for more than a month? Indeed, on July 8, 2020, Mayor Brown himself signed the city's mask bylaw mandating non-medical masks or face coverings, in all indoor public spaces in the city of Brampton. I don't see any exemption in that bylaw that gives special privileges to Mayor Brown and or his hockey-playing buddies. But folks, the line jumped into warp speed after the video premiered on Saturday afternoon. Here, check out his first tweet. Wow, he falsely accuses that my cameraman and I We're pretending to be with Leafs TV, uh, which is actually called Leafs Nation Network, by the way. But you saw me on the video identifying myself and my organization. You saw me holding a mic with the Rebel News Flash on it. And really, what would possess Brown to believe that Leafs Nation Network would want to interview a beer league hockey player slash political loser to begin with? Sorry, Patty. You're just not Leafs TV material, and and you never will be. Another lie, the chronology. Look at this statement by Brown published in the Brampton Guardian. He says he got to the rink at 5.50 and the ice was only booked until 6. He's implying he was too late to change into his gear and play. Really? Let's just refer to a screenshot from the video, shall we? There you go, sports fans. He's there at 525, so Patty had plenty of time to play. And by the way, those players, well, they were on the ice after 6 p.m. I know that because I was there after 6 p.m., whereas Patrick had long since fled into a Mercedes that definitely needs a tune-up. Oh, and by the way, Patty. When you bring the Benz into the shop, please have the tech remove the polarized covering over the license plate. You see, such a plate obscuring covering is illegal in Ontario under the Highway Traffic Act. Gee, I wonder why it's there. Surely it's not there to get free rides on the 407 electronic toll highway that runs through Brampton, is it? Yet another lie. In the Brampton Guardian article, the Director of Bylaw Enforcement, Paul Morrison, states that Patrick Brown didn't do anything wrong in terms of his conduct. You see, as of August 9, 2020, the City of Brampton's facility rental website stated, arenas are open for use by affiliate slash major user groups for figure skating and ice hockey training and modified gameplay. But wait a minute this website copy was actually modified after our Patrick Brown video aired regarding the mayor's apparent non-compliance. Indeed, that line about arenas are open for use for figure skating and ice hockey training modified gameplay. Well, that's an addendum to what the existing bylaw had stated. And yes, that modification only appeared after we caught Brown red-handed. Oh, and by the way, You'd think that bright orange Wayne Gretzky hockey bag with Patrick's name and number affixed to it would be the smoking gun piece of evidence that his warship was indeed there to play that day? Not so fast, hockey fans. Sneaky Patty had an answer to that in the website The Pointer. He told a reporter that it must have been a bag being used by one of his friends, who he had given it to as he receives a bunch of them. But as the story notes, it's unclear why the bag had his ID on it and why all the equipment was still in the bag and not adorning the friend Brown supposedly gave this bag to. Astonishing. Then yesterday morning, Brown gave an exclusive interview to the uber-leftist Toronto radio station News Talk 1010. Let's have a listen for what was surely a hard-hitting interview. Patrick Brown, mayor of Brampton, was in an arena when he was approached by a guy on camera. Uh, His name is David Menzies. I don't think he writes for The Sun anymore. He used to. Every year an annual column about how on Earth Day he was gonna run a Hummer with the air conditioning on. Um, John Moore's a nice guy, folks, but I don't agree with him on virtually anything. And while John is entitled to his opinions, he's not entitled to his own facts. I've never written a column about running my Hummer with the AC on during Earth Day. First of all, Earth Day is in April and you likely need the heat running in April, not the AC. Oh, and I don't own a Hummer? I think John is talking about me displaying Hollywood premiere style lights during Earth Hour for 60 Minutes, which occurs in March. Ah, details, shmeetails. <laughs> Please, let's hear some more. So what was actually going on in here? Did did uh, this cameraman from the Rebel News uh, catch you doing something you shouldn't have been doing?
2: No, first of all, um, it, the city of Brampton, like any, any city that was entered into Stage 2, has been renting ice since June 24th. Um, and under Stage 3, um, it's actually full gameplay is, is allowed across um, across the province. So I guess uh, this media entity, and I don't, I, don't even, I don't even want to call them a media entity given um, their, th- their history, um, uh, it, it was not aware that Ontario is in, in, in stage three. You know, I wasn't able to, to play that day, but I do play hockey once a week. I'm going to get out and play with my buddies uh, this week. Uh, um, but you know, I, I think this group likes to stir the pot. Um, facts don't matter. Um, they 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 want to try to create uh, um, a controversial video, and and unfortunately, there are some out there um, that that follow this this group. And, and I can tell you, I've had a run in with them uh, for a long time. For the last four years, I haven't done any interviews with them. Um, whether it was their support. Um, for the KKK rallies in the U.S. where they called them patriots, whether um, a, you know, they, they challenged me when I supported Canada's uh, or Ontario's updated sex ed- education.
0: So Brown admits to playing hockey weekly, but not that day, even though his gear and equipment was there. Oh yeah, I forgot. He just dropped by the rink to inspect the Zamboni that day or something. And then there's those ad hominem attacks like our support for KKK rallies. Gee, I really hope one of our newest Rebel staffers, Drea Humphrey, doesn't find out that we wear those white pointy hoods when we're on, when we're not on the air. I mean, we'd hate to lose a talent like Drea, but wait, there's more. To the video in the encounter, though, uh, should you have been wearing a mask? Did they catch you not you know, breaking the mask rule?
2: So, uh, a normal media organization would, would check with bylaw to see whether that was included in our bylaw. Um, the Brampton Guardian um, called the the brampton bylaw department um, and they said in pro- for private rentals you don't have to wear a mask all indoor public settings you have to wear a mask so when i'm in an indoor public setting i always wear a mask but in private rentals you- you're not required to and so um this organization didn't check with our-, our mask bylaw. which yeah so the brampton guardian they know how to do journalism
0: but we did reach out to brampton bylaw via our lawyer someone who archived the bylaws before and after our encounter with brown as i previously mentioned the bylaw website was changed after the video aired to make brown's former illicit activity completely kosher (laughs) wonder why the guardian didn't report that yet in the final analysis why do we care so much about patrick brown the mayor of brampton Well, it's because he was actually the odds-on favourite to become the Premier of Ontario back in 2018 had he not hoisted himself on his own petard of entitlement. Ah, poor Patty. In January 2018, this egomaniac was just counting down the days to the June election, given that the Kathleen Wynne Liberals were deader than disco. No wonder he got so cocky. No wonder he became so full of entitlement. But he counted the chickens before they had hatched, for it was clear that some six months before Election Day, Brown had already worn out his welcome, even before spending a single day in office. Why? Well, Patrick Brown had thrown social conservatives under the bus when he infamously flip-flopped on the Liberals' controversial sex ed curriculum. And then he followed up that bag-stabbing feat by throwing fiscal conservatives under the bus when he inexplicably announced that he would approve a carbon tax for Ontario. Yeah, a carbon tax that he had campaigned against while still a candidate for leader. Then there was his behaviour at local riding nomination meetings where allegations of fraud abounded in which it was said that ballot boxes were being stuffed to ensure PC party insiders and friends got elected. As opposed to the candidate of choice favored by the grassroots rumors abounded that those who were going to vote pc in 2018 were simply going to stay home on election day or simply decline their ballots indeed when there was no more conservatives to throw under the bus well the progressive conservative party of ontario (laughs) they threw patrick under the bus the pc brain trust came to the just-in-time realization that they were so many Dr. Frankensteins and Patrick Brown was their two-faced monster, a creature that was far more P for progressive than C for conservative. Internal polling indicated doom, that this latest great white hope for the PC party was going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, just like John Tory did in 2007, just like Tim Hudak did in 2011 just like Tim Hudak 2.0 did in 2014. And so it was in January 2018, within mere hours of allegations surfacing, that Brown was taking part in inappropriate behavior with young women, that the perfect opportunity arose to gas Patrick. His staff entirely deserted him. Then his caucus caved. Less than 24 hours later, Brown was already yesterday's man, waving the white flag of political surrender, Teary-eyed, he took to, the, to a podium at Queen's Park on that frigid January night to deliver one of the most bizarre press conferences in Canadian political history before taking part in his Game of Thrones, Circe-like walk of shame down the back staircase of the legislature and into a salt-stained minivan. Check it out.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, a couple hours ago, I learned about troubling allegations about my conduct and character. And I'm here tonight to address them. First, I want to say these allegations are false, categorically untrue, every one of them. I will defend myself as hard as I can with all means at my disposal. It's never okay, it's never okay for anyone to feel they've been a victim of sexual harassment or feel threatened in any way. Let me make this clear. A safe and respectful society is what we expect and deserve. And no one appreciates that more than I do. I've got two younger sisters who are my best friends. I've grown up in a a family that has taught me good values. My values and beliefs are those that we need to move forward to eradicate sexual violence and harassment across the province, across the country, everywhere. I know the court of public opinion moves fast. I've instructed my attorneys to ensure that these allegations are addressed where they should be in the court of law. In short, I reject these accusations in the strongest possible terms. It's not my values, it's not how I raised, it's not who I
0: am against you. What would you, you, like you so Mr. Brown? Mr. Brown, who are these women that are making allegations against you? How do you are know going them? Are to be
1: continuing on as the leader? How, how does this affect
3: your ability to do that? Are we going to talk about this portal
1: Can you please specify all the deserve- allegations,
3: Mr. Brown?
0: The public deserves more than a statement.
1: Mr.
0: Brown, I think, do, you, do you understand that these are serious allegations and women are, are are making graphic
2: claims? You have nothing to say to the women? You um, right, so I don't know if you can see our shot right now, but Patrick Brown is being escorted out of Queen Park, right so Queen Queen's Park right now after a waiting vehicle. You're on the
0: media. Mr. Brown, can you, you please you specify you
2: the know.
0: allegations, no, Mr. Brown? It. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown? Patrick Brown in a vehicle at Queens Park right now. A very virtuous uh not uh, saying anything to... Now, all politicians lie, of course. Some specialize in little white lies, others dying out on bold-faced whoppers. Patrick Brown falls into the latter category because, at the end of the day... It is all about this narcissist getting power for the sake of getting power indeed once his reputation had been put through the shredder in terms of becoming premier thanks to those hanky panky allegations he settled on becoming the mayor of brampton and you know i'm sure if brown had failed in his bid to become mayor of brampton he probably would have launched a campaign to become oh i don't know head dog catcher for the town of Keswick you see it's all about power for Brown not public service I mean he has no connection whatsoever with Brampton he's from Barry in fact while running for mayor of Brampton he sometimes actually referred to Brampton as Barry Jeez. yeah so we have a lying opportunist who only cares about power and pretends to be a conservative when he is really a liberal What a great catch, eh? And somehow taking him to task is harassment? That's what Brown accused me of doing on the video, right? Just because I was asking Patrick some impolite questions? Oh, but if you want harassment, folks, as in real harassment, how about this? As we've reported earlier, the city of Brampton has hired Paladin Security to serve as paid professional snitches to rat out anyone breaking those Wuhan virus social distancing laws. Indeed, in one week alone in June, Brampton Bylaw issued 122 of those $880 tickets to Bramptonians. Brown is on a bylaw Jihad. In fact, by the end of July, Brampton Bylaw had issued 1,354 warnings and filed 597 charges. Against those in the Flower City allegedly violating the Wuhan virus bylaws. Furthermore, last month Patrick Brown said he was hoping to slap a homeowner with a $100,000 fine for having a house party. Wow, a hundred grand. That sounds like heavy-handed harassment to me, uh, via city hall. That is not Rebel News. Oh, and by the way, folks, Mayor Brown has banned me and all of my Rebel colleagues from Brampton Recreational Facilities for one year. Yeah, he actually had his security stooges give us tickets stating that. Aw, good luck enforcing that idiocy, Mayor. But ultimately, it is the lying on video and the lying in the media that really grinds my gears. Patrick's pathetic downward spiral, it doesn't make me mad, folks, because it's so sad, really. This man was a heartbeat away from being the premier of the most powerful province in Canada and perhaps even a candidate to lead the federal conservative party and then, hey, who knows, maybe even prime minister if the political planets had aligned properly. And now he is the mayor of Brampton, still thinking he's a gold-plated god when in reality he's a cast-iron jerk forever consumed with what coulda and woulda, and shoulda been. It's practically a Shakespearean tragedy. And yet, as sad as pathetic Patrick is, you wanna know what else is sad? It's the fact that the city of Brampton doesn't have the power of recall when it comes to their elected officials. Because methinks right now, there's a whole lot of buyer's remorse percolating in Brampton. Indeed, this city, has a real major weasel problem on its hands. Hey, quick, somebody call bylaw. Welcome back to the Ezra Levent Show. I am guest host David Menzies. Now, my next guest is the one and only Chris Guy. You might recognize Chris from our videos on the lawns of queens park these are people standing up for economic freedom they've been there since the end of april so i think if memory serves we're up to week 17 this saturday of course premier doug ford uh in i think a derogatory tone labeled chris and his uh, fellow patriots as a bunch of yahoos And Chris, I'm so happy to uh, have you into the uh, studio. Welcome to the Ezra Levent Show. Thank you very much. So, Chris, um, tell the folks out there, if they haven't seen our Queen's Park videos, uh, like I said, at the end of April, that's when the gathering began and it started to grow and grow and grow. Now, in recent weeks, it's declined. I guess that's because of the province is indeed opening up more of the economy as we go from stage one to two, and now we're into stage three in most areas. Uh, But, Chris, what was the idea behind these protests
3: on the lawns of Queen's Park? Well, when they did the lockdown on March 16th, the narrative was that we need to be shut down for two weeks to so-called flatten the curve. And then they explained that flatten the curve means we do not want to overwhelm our hospital system. We had no data at the time, so people like me who were skeptical of the government and even doctors all around the world had no information to go on, so we had to take their word for it. However, people like me also realized when a government says something like, we need to take something from you for two weeks, It usually gets extended, extended, and becomes permanent. So that made us skeptical. That's why we gathered in Queen's Park. We became the anti-lockdown protest. Because right away, the two weeks became two months. And then you had all these businesses closed. That was my first concern. Number one was the business closures. Because our economy relies on small business. Uh, 97% of all our businesses are small business. 70% of all of Canada's jobs come from small business. And at the start of 2020, we had 1.15 million small businesses in the country.
0: And by the way, let's talk about that. A lot of people, Chris, say that when it comes to the way we've dealt with the Wuhan virus, the cure has been worse than the curse. We have businesses that, they're not just shut down, they're going bankrupt. It breaks my heart to drive around the GTA and see the number of for lease, for rent, for sale signs. Um, Then we have uh, spousal abuse is evidently off the charts. We have kids being denied going to summer camp, Um, yet there's, uh, to our knowledge, uh, almost zero deaths in terms of those under 20.
3: There is zero deaths. There's actually zero deaths in the age group of zero to 20, the media is falsely reporting one death of somebody under 20, but they did not die from COVID. They died from something completely unrelated to COVID. They just happened to have COVID when they died.
0: But of course, because, yeah, and that means it's a COVID death. That's how they're ginning the numbers exactly. I I guess, Chris, where I'm coming from is that given that, and I I find this to be a staggering statistic, 82% of the deaths uh, in Canada are elderly people in long-term care homes. That is obviously a death trap if you're elderly and you have some existing medical conditions. I think we should not have shut down the economy. Yeah, you could have brought in some measures, but we should have focused our resources on these long-term care facilities.
3: That's definitely where the crux of the deaths are. And like I said, it also ties into the reporting factor because those people, most of those people in those care homes, as you said, The vast, vast majority had underlying conditions, they had other health problems. And we see that if people died of heart attack, if they died of stroke, if they died of cancer, as long as they also had COVID or even assumed to have COVID, they would be listed as a COVID death. So, everybody that was dying in those long-term facilities wasn't necessarily dying from COVID, they were just dying because they were old and they were terminal and they were going to die anyways. So a lot of these deaths, when they actually look at them, if we go back through the data like a year from now, as they're doing, and even in England, they're removing thousands and thousands of deaths from the official death toll.
0: And of course, we've talked before how disturbing it is that this Doug Ford government, the government that is allegedly for the people, introduced that draconian Bill 195, which gives them the ability to extend the Emergency Services Act on a month-by-month basis for another two years, something Justin Trudeau tried to do and uh, was uh, unable to do so because he had a minority government. And of course, when Belinda Carahalios spoke out against this, she was kicked out of caucus. So I guess we know where uh, Doug Ford stands. But Uh, I know we have limited time, Chris. I want to get to what's really been in the news in the last few days. You have an after-party that happens at Cherry Beach in Toronto, and uh, what do you know, folks? My cameraman Mocha and I, uh, we were at the after-party this Saturday, and uh, check it out.
4: The government is amazing at all the double standards uh, with other protesters, with, with themselves, making exceptions for themselves. They don't have to wear the masks. They can travel. I don't know if you know, like the federal ministers, they traveled all across during the, the, the pandemic and restrictions, right? So it, it just shows you that this is all BS. You know, if it was a real pandemic, if it was a real danger, nobody would be traveling. Everybody would be wearing actual masks, not just some uh, cloth, you know, on their face. So it just shows you that it's not what they tell you and we have to be aware that we have to expose the hypocrisies and the actual facts that the hospitals are empty people want to have fun people want to enjoy the life the humanity has to prevail and that's what we're fighting here for yeah
0: no we've heard from doctors and nurses uh... that the hospitals are at least half empty that people are dying on elective surgery lists. and now you guys have been going to the queen's park protest you guys have been coming to this party uh, for several saturdays
4: uh... in theory um, you and, and me, for that matter, we yeah. should all be dead, right? I know, and that's the whole point. Like, we've been doing this for <laughs> close to four months now, right? Like, if it would be any guinea piggies in terms of if this is really deadly violence, like, we would be affected. But the reality is we're not. We're healthy. We are enjoying in our life. We, we're standing for the rights for other people that try to bash us as well, which is unfortunate. I always say I fight for the rights of my children and yours at the same time. So you're welcome. Now, what a vibe. In fact, I, I kind of... It was kind of to me
0: like the plot line for a night at the Roxbury, where the Batabi Brothers have an outdoor nightclub. This was an outdoor nightclub, but a great vibe, everyone having fun, everyone having a good time, an extension of the Yahoo uh, Nation uh, protests at Queens Park. But folks, check out today's Toronto Sun. Look at that front page. I mean, it looks like a poster for something called the Toronto, Texas, or the Toronto Chainsaw Massacre Two. Maniacs, and yeah, I'll call them maniacs, with ch- chainsaws ran, running, came to the area where you had this. I, I understand they chopped up your DJ's equipment. Chris, you went to the police uh, division yesterday to get some answers.
3: What the heck is going on? I can explain very quickly, because uh, I know we have limited time. So First of all, we run our Queen's Park protests every Saturday. A lot of people can't go to the protest because it could compromise their job or compromise their social uh, social circle. But so we throw a party so it's a safe place for these people to come and congregate, speak with like-minded people, have an outlet that's safe and fun. We work in conjunction with the Toronto Police Service every week who acknowledges that it's an extension of our protest. We hire professional private security that's there right until 5 a.m. We have a dedicated cleanup team on the beach and it's sponsored by our two protest groups, uh, which is Hugs Over Mass, which is my partner Vlad. Vladislav, and then we have Mad Mothers Against Distancing, which is my official nonprofit. And we're pushing, we're pushing the anti lockdown message, we're pushing the anti social distancing message. They try to say that we're anti mask, but we're not anti mask, we're anti mandatory medical procedure. If somebody wants to wear a mask, go right ahead. If you think it keeps you safe, go right ahead. But for people who don't want to wear one, they should not have to. And the reason we're about that is because freedom of choice is essential. If you give up the freedom of choice for mandatory max, the next logical step is mandatory contact tracing. And after that, it will be mandatory vaccinations. If we get to that point, we might as well call ourselves uh, the new Melbourne.
0: So these two guys with chainsaws, uh, Chris, are they were they connected with Antifa perhaps? I mean, they don't look like Antifa can to me, <laughs> folks. Those are usually the soy boy weaklings from my experience with Antifa. They only get belligerent when they're in a giant herd
3: uh, with steel clubs. But um, what I have a, what I can tell you about those guys is yeah. our party ended around five, six in the morning. Those guys showed up at the beach around 8 something in the morning while our cleanup team was just there cleaning up. The party had ended for hours. All the party goers were gone. The only people there was the cleanup crew and the DJs because they were part of the cleanup crew. Apparently they came over to that area of the beach, uh, words were exchanged and they left. Everybody thought everything was okay, they continued to clean up, and then people heard about this rampage, rampaging of uh, two guys with chainsaws running through the uh, bike path, (laughs) lunging at people on bikes. Then they ran through the uh, the tent city there. Then they ran over to the DJ booth and cut our equipment right in half. At that point, the cops ended up coming. These guys got arrested. I spoke to the cops about it. All we can say so far is that these guys are well-known to police. They both have lengthy records, and they're both well-known in the criminal element. As far as Antifa or anything like that goes, I wouldn't say that unless I had credible information. But all I do know is that these guys are not good guys. These guys are the kind of guys that would do this kind of thing anywhere. It had nothing to do with our protests. It had nothing to do with our party. None of them were known to us and... It, it, it was just wrong place, wrong time, and it gives Cherry Beach, it, they're trying to give Cherry Beach a bad name, because we're really the only party representing freedom and Canadians' rights anywhere in the country right now.
0: But you know, it, to me, it's spectacular. If these are garden variety uh, criminals, I really question the agenda. Chris to yeah. lunge at uh, innocent bystanders on bicycles to, uh, you know, saw up uh, four thousand dollars worth of DJ equipment. I mean, it seemed you know, rather targeted. Yeah. What what's in it for them? And uh, you know, and the other thing too, folks, I got to tell you that what I love about covering the Yahoo Nation, which they now wear as a badge of honor, I don't mean it as a slur, and Chris yeah. knows that for sure, of course. is that it is such a great vibe when you talk to those people on the lawns of Queens Park. They're so intelligent, they're so articulate, and I just want to share another video of what happened two Saturdays ago when those road Scholars from Afro-Indigenous Rising crashed the Yahoo Nation protest, and I'm going to show you the difference between the kind of people that I speak to at Yahoo Nation and the kind of people that are part of the rank-and-file of Afro-Indigenous Rising, those illegal squatters. Check it out. Me, uh, how's it going? Hey, how you doing there? Pretty good, pretty good yeah, right? Good. good to meet you. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. yeah. So what do you guys doing on what, what, what park are you oh, occupying we actually, now? We actually, just came, we actually just came from your mom's house. It's oh, pretty cool. nice. She cooked us dinner, brunch, you know, all this kind of stuff. Oh, so good. stuff was pretty good, you know? That's good, that's good. We, no, he, he asked me for an interview, so I just kind of stopped actually, no, I, no, I I'm didn't pretty actually. Sure, I'm pretty sure you did, buddy. Oh, Sharita Henry, Sharita Henry. This woman has ties uh, to the Tides Foundation. You how, right. how are? How uh, are? Oh, you're not a woman. No, no, that is actually what my is, comrade. They're, oh, okay then. Uh, they, uh, So yeah, it is. This is the Afro Indigenous Rising People, and they. Um, this is the. This is a typical technique to shut us down. Even though they came to us, we didn't come to them. I guess. I wonder. If this is going to be the third park that they illegally occupy, is it going to be after Nathan Phillips Square and Dufferin Grove? Um, You know what? Why not Queens Park? Let's see what Doug Ford has to say about this. Hello, sir. Are you planning on occupying the park?
3: Wish I could be.
0: Is your group planning on occupying Queens Park? Is this the third park on the Afro-Indigenous Rising uh, agenda? you see the difference between when you reach out to the left folks and when you reach out to like the people here at Queen's Park Um, they can't put two words together they can't articulate themselves by the way are you afro or are you indigenous
3: are
0: you afro or indigenous so there you have it, Chris. I mean, th- 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 that says it all. You know, yeah. mother jokes, uh, middle fingers, uh, F-bombs, somebody singing a Disney tune because they think that uh, uh, that's going to result in us having a copyright uh, violation. Uh, what a, um, uh, a shite storm of insanity. Um, last word before we run out of time to you, my friend. Go ahead. Oh, uh, oh well, first last of all, are, are the protests at Queen's Park and are, is the beach party at Cherry Beach, gonna continue
3: this Saturday. Of course, and every Sunday, we go to a different city around Ontario. Last Sunday, we were in Kitchener, and they had uh, our protest anti-lockdown combined with the anti-human trafficking, which obviously ties into Mothers Against Distancing as well. Uh, we went also to Hamilton the week before on Sunday, and I announced last week our newest initiative for Mad is to go against this whole public school mask mandate, social distancing mandate. We're trying to create a new network of private schools across Ontario mm. that won't be subject to mask mandate, won't be subject to social distancing, have a high quality of education, and still be affordable for the average person. Fantastic.
0: Well, Chris, you and uh, your partner, the lovely Miss Jenny, and everybody else out there at Yachting She is Naysa. pretty lovely. I, I think she is definitely... Definitely, Lovie. <laughs> You're doing great work, and uh, I want to thank you again for always being accommodating uh, to my cameraman and, and I. We always have a good time chatting with you, unlike some of the uh, whacked out leftist groups that just can't put two words together in a sentence to answer the question why are you here? Keep it here, folks. More of the Ezreal Event Show to come right after this. Folks, if you want to see even more on Patrick Brown, please go to our new website, sneakypatrick.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tomorrow, Kim Bexley will be here. In the meantime, have a great night.